Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Well, it's flown by this week, hasn't it? Another episode of Food Bites is ready to hit the table, ready to be served up, <laughs> ready to be entree, main course and dessert all mm, in one. I wish it could slow down a bit so I could spend extra time with you, Kevin. All right. We've got a terrific <laughs> episode. <laughs> Uh, we've got a terrific episode of this oh, podcast yes. and a great guest for you. Uh, he's been around for a while, this man. Well, the doctor is in the house. He is. Uh, Dr. Hugh in, uh, in Dr. Doctor. Dr. Doctor. Doctor. Uh, been in a lot of uh, lot of things over the years. Uh, currently, though, you're seeing him on Channel 10 in a series called The Traitors. It's the second <laughs> uh, season of this. He's very, very good in the hosting role. It, uh, it involves drama, lying, mm. uh, deception, Betrayal. fabrication. Betra- it's a bit like an mm. episode of this podcast. <laughs> That's what goes on behind the Especially this. at the end. Yes. Uh, and he's... He's, uh, he's kind of he he brings it all together and yes. makes sure that uh, you know it all sort of you get the gist of what's going on. Mm, so he's mm. the, he's he the also, host of this show. Roger also shapes up okay in the kitchen. Well, we'll find out if he does. Um, he certainly shapes up okay. He's a good-looking rooster, oh, as Roger calls I'll say. Almost as good-looking as you. You Kevin, know what I reckon? I yep. reckon he would have made a terrific James Bond. <laughs> I yes. do. He's got that look. He's got that. He's got that Sean Connery look about him, mm. and he's got that uh, kind of uh, that that cheekiness about him that uh, like and bit of a bit of a sparkle in the eye. There's not a romance going on here. I'm telling I you. I think there's Trust a bit me. of a bromance no, going no, on, no. Roger. He's just. I, I quite like Doctor Doctor, and I thought he was very good in that. And uh, he's I, very versatile man. He certainly is, and we'll talk to him in just a tick. In our food poll this week, oh. we're back in the lolly shop again. Yeah. Did you ever call them chonks as a kid? What lollies. No. Oh, okay, we did. Anyway, it's the milk bottles. We have real words for our lollies. <laughs> up against those little those little uh, opaque Coke bottles. Yes. Milk bottles or Coke bottles? We'll find out what you think. <laughs> uh, but first, let's find out uh, all about Roger Corsa from The Traders. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Thank you for joining us on uh, on Food Bites, uh, and and good luck with the with the new series of uh, of the traitors. Um, but I've got to ask the first question: Is you know you got the big grand house there where you do? Are you any good in the kitchen? Oh, look, not on set. I don't have to. See, we're lucky because we have um, caterers. Um, mind you, I don't know if you've seen, if you've seen our show. There's a there's there's a breakfast uh, theme which is quite quite important to our show. It's where people find out. You know who's who's not coming back, and there's um, bacon and eggs and everything sort of laid out on the table. And one of those scenes in real time can probably take about two to three hours. So if you're the last person that walks into that room, <laughs> I'd stay I'd stay away from the scrambled eggs and just stick to the croissants. I think. Well, you've got quite the array of uh, ingredients there, Roger. You've got deception, you've got suspicion, betrayal. I mean, it doesn't get much uh, juicier than that. It's spicy, definitely. It's a spicy <laughs> show. Uh, yes, um, we, we, we try and throw all the elements and we try and throw a bit of comedy in there as well um, just, to, just to, uh, to, to lighten as well because too much drama, you know, we, we, we all need a break from that a little bit. So a good laugh in between is also good. For those Palette who- cleanser, you could say. <laughs> I love all these food references, Roger. You're doing great with that. Um, just for, for people who aren't familiar with the, with the concept and the plot line, how, how does the yep. show work? Well, look, uh, our tone is very – it's a little bit tongue-in-cheek. We're a bit uh, knives out, Cluedo, whodunit. Uh, um, but basically, we have 20 people staying in the hotel. I sort of take on this role of the hotel manager. Um, and at the very beginning, um, 
I go around and I choose three traitors, uh, unbeknownst to the rest of the group, uh, who we call faithful. And the traitor's job is to confer every night and to murder one uh, player from the game who they get a knock on the door and say, you're out. Um, so we lose one player very quickly that way every night. And then the faithful get a right of reply. So they get like a Spanish Inquisition round table where they get to accuse everyone who they think these traitors are and they get to vote out someone. They always get it wrong. So they're voting themselves out and they're getting murdered. Um, they don't know who's telling the truth, who's working against them. Um, and it goes very, very quickly. We lose players left, right and centre. Um, and, uh, you know, they all play for this sort of possible prize pot of 250000 bucks. And in between, they have to go out and do these sort of incredible challenges to build that prize pot up. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fun and they fail and, and have a lot of fun doing it. But um, there's a lot going on for them. And they're locked in these, this hotel environment for a sort of three weeks to a month. So, and all they do is play this game. <laughs> So, um, so it gets quite quite intense, and it makes for some, some good telling. And you've got yeah. what I understand is called a, a banishment room, which sounds positively medieval. Well, we we do like to lean on you know <laughs> some of those sort of uh, you know tropes and, and genres. Um, so we, we it, you know all, all in good fun, but that's that's where the, the sort of the voting part of the evening is. And unlike some other shows where it's a you know a um, silent um, ballot, it, all the votes. Uh, in, in an open forum, so which is interesting um, for you know a social experiment because some people will just start sort of voting with the pack um, just to protect themselves, even if they don't think they're voting out the right person. So it's uh, it, it's interesting. So there's it's, people have got to watch every kind of move they make because it's in front of their fellow contestants and they're, and they're, everyone is sort of judged for it because no one knows who's telling the truth and who isn't in the game. How much are you enjoying the variety of this role, Roger? Because we know you so well uh, as as an actor, but uh, but this is uh, something a bit different for you. Is it a good fit? Yeah, um, it is. I mean, the reason I crossed over into this job is because it did have that theatrical element to it. I think I had been offered some other sort of more straight present presenting roles, uh, which we you know we we sort of turned down. Um, but when this came along, it was kind of the perfect crossover for me because we could have a bit of fun and um, Matt Lovegood, the writer, and I have a great time coming up with the ridiculous stuff that we sort of say and just sort of building on this, you know, pseudo-character that we've, we've, we've made up of the, the hotel manager that's a, a bit, you know, loopy. Um, <laughs> you know, and we sort of draw on sort of some sort of famous characters from whodunits and other you know, host of the manor or, you know, everything from a Frankenfurter to a Willy Wonka to a all that kind of the, the host that kind of likes to see the demise of their guests a little bit, you know. You know, borrow from those and then have a lot of fun. Sort There's of a lot of cheeky fun of those characters. Yeah. Sort of Hannibal Lecter meets Basil Fawlty. <laughs> that actually that's a great reference. I like that I'm gonna take that into season three. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had a lecture with a foodie, wasn't he? Yes, know? he was a foodie. Was he ever? Because <laughs> um, I, I can't think of anyone who'd be more perfect for the role. Because uh, you're, you're, you, uh, you could fit easily as a traitor or a faithful, and and pull either one of those two off. Yeah, whoever's paying the money, I'll do it. You know, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the trade, the job of a traitor. I mean, everyone wants to be a traitor at the start. We all sort of interview them and. They do pieces for camera, and, and everyone's like, "I want to be a traitor." Uh, and they do have a bit of an advantage in the game because you know they're not going to murder themselves, so they can be voted out. But the faithful have two ways of leaving the show. 
So the tra- the traders have an advantage. But um, you know, I think we saw last year some people, um, you know, the, the idea of having to deceive people and lie to their face every single day while building these friendships, you know, it seems like an easy task, but it, it doesn't sit well with, you know, some people, mm. which it probably shouldn't in real life. It shouldn't sit well with, with you. Um, and it's a lot harder, especially if you, you find yourself still in the game sort of in week three. Um, it can become a really tough thing and people are sort of questioning their choices whether it was right to play the game. So it becomes it's an interesting sort of social experiment. Um, I imagine they're fairly long uh, days on set, Roger. Are you a coffee man? Do you need some caffeine to get you through the day? Uh, I probably have a coffee problem. I think. Uh, I'm willing to come clean. Uh, Yeah, no, I probably, uh, I've been told I need to drink a bit more water, I think, in between (laughs) uh, cafe. Because I remember when I was doing Dr. Doctor, I think the grips uh, and the electrics guy and me were were all pretty much on a par. We would get up to like seven or eight a day, and then Mm. the people stepping and go, that's enough. You guys have had enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, seven or eight is probably too much. So, you know, I do, I do, I do love, love my coffee. Uh, Start usually with something uh, like a, Double long black, and then sort of move closer to into into sort of uh, flat white for the rest of the day. Ah, so are you a bit of a coffee snob, or would you be happy to take instant if it's the only thing available? Well, maybe somewhere in between. I mean, I don't think I'm a coffee snob because I have so much of it that I end up doing <laughs> a quantity over quality. Uh, now I've got a pod machine, which I think just when you when you got kids in the morning and just haven't got time to you know grind. And then, you know, back the machine and do all the all the bit, and then go and find the perfect beans at some some place across town. And, uh, no, I just got the pod machine, but I'm happy. I'm happy when I'm out to, to to get someone to make me a decent one. Look, if the pod machine's good enough for George Clooney, it works for me. Well, there, there, and look, you know, he's he's done okay. Yes, yeah, he doesn't seem to have deteriorated his body too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there a sweet tooth that goes with the coffee or not? No, I'm definitely a, a non non sugar in my coffee person. I've never been a big. I've always been more of a savoury person, just generally anyway, than a sweet tooth. Uh, and you know, my sweet tooth, I'm pretty base when it comes to sweets, like vanilla ice cream and and, and dark chocolate. It's kind of like where I go with sweet stuff, and that's pretty much it. Hey, Roger, the, we know that the life of an, an actor can be a, a very unpredictable one um, and you have lots of lean periods often. But, I mean, when you just look back over your back catalogue, it looks like you've been you've worked pretty steadily from, from day one across all mediums. Is that the case? Uh, look, if you, if you stack up all, you know, I've been around quite a while now, so I suppose that the, uh, the credits do stack up a little bit. But um, it can be a little bit deceptive. Some people can say, oh, you know, oh, you're everywhere, and you go, well, that that job you see coming out, you know, only a month after the other one, we shot 18 months ago, and it's just taken a long time, you know, putting it together, and then something else can come out really quickly. Um, so they all sort of stack up, but it could be over two two years, or two and a half years. Um, there's definitely lean times, you know, for, for what we shot this, you know, in three or four weeks um, a couple of months ago, and then there's a little bit of post-production, and then, you know, getting around to promote it, but... Plenty of time to uh, take the kids to uh, the footy training and, and stuff in between. It's di- like a long-running drama is different. Like when I did Doctor Doctor, and with a bit of travel, we would travel into rural areas, into Mudgee and some other places away from Sydney. Then, then you are away a little bit, and um, you know it is a much more sort of uh, time. Um, you know, you're a bit more time poor with your family, but. Um, 
but yeah, no, you, it, it's kind of good. You get to go away and, and then you get to come home and immerse yourself back in family life, which is good. Five bedrooms is, is screening at the moment. That's something that uh, that you did do a fair while ago now. Yeah, well, that was the last series of that was coming up probably about 10 months ago. We shot that in Melbourne. Yeah, okay. um, so <clears throat> that was, that was, that was, that was uh, sort of out of the blue because I'd worked with Matt Cat and you know, um, and the um, creators of the show on some other shows that I'd, I'd done, and they got me in to do um, to do one episode, and um, it was during just just as COVID was hitting the first time around. <laughs> they, you know, they got they had to go on hiatus, and a few they lost a few actors, and they ended up sort of having to throw the scripts out and and, and sort of. Pivot, and so they brought me back, and um, I kept coming back for the, the, the next kind of two to three seasons. So, uh, COVID kind of helped me in that instance with uh, with Five Virgins, and um, that was great to work with Kat again. I'd worked with her on Underbelly all the years, all yeah. those years ago, and even before that, uh, my first kind of sort of main role on a TV show, which um, most people won't remember, but it was the show called Last Man Standing on Channel Seven, um, and that, and she was in that as well. So yeah, it's always great to work with Kat. She's amazing. A lot of people might not realise, um, Roger. You've got a decent set of uh, vocal cords on you. You started out um, as a singer. Do you still like to partake in a bit of singing? Yeah, it's this, these days it's an audience of one myself, <laughs> um, in the shower or uh, no. I did a bit of singing this year. I. You know, when I when I if I do have to do something, I suddenly have to go back and madly train my voice up again, and you know, um, <clears throat> because it's, it's it hasn't been worked, you know, for for a long time. So I, I did I did something for Qantas this year. Uh, it was to celebrate their hundred years, belated hundred years, and I uh, opened the show, which is a bit daunting, going from no singing to like, can you can you open the show? Uh, you know, doing sort of a, a swing number coming down the back steps of an A380 in front of a thousand people, including uh, the Prime Minister. Um, so obviously Hugh Jackman was unavailable. Um, <laughs> so, 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 so in a pilot's uniform, and then when you get to the bottom of the stairs, you'll have a group of dancers, and you can, you know, throw a few moves in and get up to the to the, to the central stage and sort of try and do your best, Michael Bublé. So. Um, uh, so that was uh, that, that. That was a bit of. I freaked out a little bit um, at the start, but that was a was a fun experience in the end. It was, it was fun, but I don't get to do it as much uh, as probably I'd, I'd like to. Is that one of your strengths? Is that why you have uh, maintained uh, you know work uh, on a consistent level? Is because you are a kind of jack of all trades. Uh, definitely a master at none. Uh, <laughs> jack, jack, I wasn't inferring yeah, that, I, Roger. Yeah, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, look, I, I think I've just been open to whatever new. Possibilities there are. I mean, um, I started in, in in you know pub bands in Melbourne, and then I went to an open call audition because someone said go for it, go to this open call for musical rent, and I got that role. But see, if I hadn't sort of gone and been prepared to fail, you know, you just it's, you know my life would have been very different, I suppose. So I've always sort of taken on new challenges, and, and the traders is an, another one I hadn't. Really presented. I, I filled in on today extra on on nine a couple of times um, when when DC was away, and that was a great experience. But that was also quite scary to do that. But you, um, uh, you know, if you don't sort of say yes to these things, you don't know, you know, what it could lead to down the track. And I think that's helped with some, some longevity, and especially when you have a family and you've got more than just yourself to worry about. You've, you've kind of got to keep paying the mortgage. Yeah, um, so so it's it's less about your own. You know, creative choices, and you know, and and I enjoy all the different aspects 
in fact. You know, I, I, I like, you know, the odd occasion I've gone back and done, you know, something on stage or um, is, is different to a, um, a drama or then I've, you know, be able to do drama and comedy is, is, is great. And then and now, you know, doing doing a role like The Traders it's, um, keeps, keeps life interesting. It's good. I guess, especially with uh, your role in uh, Doctor Doctor, you certainly uh, gained uh, quite a quite a profile. I'm interested to know the um, because the side effect of what you do is is uh, the public um, recognition. <laughs> How do you go with uh, with that side with being recognised with people coming to you in the street, or does that happen? Not as much as you think. I mean, not not around where I live at all. I mean, I'm, I'm just one of the dads that do you know at school or or the, the different sporting clubs my kids are at. Um, you know, we've got our friends. Where we live, around you know, and it's, occasionally someone might say, oh, "I saw something," and they're more likely to get stuck into me and make a joke than, than yeah. you know, yeah. um, your friend. Um, look, um, I don't get to stop that often, but I think that you know, uh, it's great when people do because they're engaged in what you're doing. Um, you know, so uh, you know, occasionally someone will come up, especially if I'm, I'm away from home. I think um, it seems to happen a bit more. Um, yeah. the, a lot, a lot of a lot of uh, older older women seem to be my demo. So I get a lot of, <laughs> like, sort of people that are my mum's age who seem to want to come up and say hello and have a bit of a chat. Oh, it's so, lovely. Which, which, which is always fun. Um, I just wanted to also um, uh, touch on the on on the fact that you have had involvement, um, and this is a food show. You had involvement as as a friend of uh, a food bank. You you hate the thought of uh, kids, especially uh, going hungry. Yeah, I, I think I was doing. I went out to. a uh, a telethon in Dubbo years ago um, because of the drought out there and food bank were, were out there and I was just, they had a sort of, you know, big pallets with uh, um, with fruit and vegetables and so forth there and I sort of went around and I kind of just met met the people I was just interested in and had to chat to them and said, oh, what are you doing? And they said, you know, people are struggling and there's so much food, you know, goes to waste, uh, whether it be, through you know retail outlets and, and and restaurants and whatever you have you know um, that are just wasted for for whatever reason um, and that's where they sort of step in and and try and you know stop that waste and and, and get it to people that um, you know are, uh, you know are struggling with putting food on the table you know and because and, and at the moment that's even more prevalent than, than ever with the cost mm. of living yeah. some people are like. Do I pay the electricity bill, or you know, do I go to the supermarket? You know, so then they're trying to make things stretch as much as much as possible. So I'm quite, you know, happy to help them in, in, in anything they need. And look, there's things that have happened over the last couple of years with the pandemic and people not being able to work, and kind of the natural disasters that have happened across our country. You know, more and more people have been struggling with that. So I think they're a really fantastic organisation. No, good for you for getting behind them and helping them out. Hey, you carefully avoided uh, the uh, question about whether you're any good in the kitchen, so I'm going to hit you with another yep. one. Have you got a kitchen or a cooking tip uh, to to finish us up on to uh, to share with our audience? <laughs> uh, look, no, I, I do like I do like uh, cooking a lot. I mean, um, uh, I am one of those middle aged blokes that have been sucked in by the whole American smoking thing. Oh, so okay. I have I have a I have a smoker at the back, and it's and it's a uh, the most cumbersome version of what it's a stick burner, so it's an offset smoker, which means it's it's there's a lot of time that has to be spent. Um, it's not one of the big green eggs or the, the ceramic ones um, mm. or the pellet smokers, which you know you can sort of connect to your phone and 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 go up to Bunnings and come back. You've got to be there <laughs> continually feeding the fire and the type of fire that it is. Uh, but it is quite addictive. Um, you know, some pieces of meat. 
like a brisket can take, you know, upwards of 10 hours. So I have, if I've had a lunch on, got up at three o'clock in the morning to go and start the fire and put the, the brisket on. Um, and then, you know, because that's where the coffee comes in, you know, <laughs> coffee to stay awake uh, to keep that going. Um, and then you've got to rest it and wrap it and so forth. But it's quite rewarding. Uh, so, yeah, I do I do like uh, a barbecue uh, um, and, a, and a long cook as well. So um, um, uh, my tip would be, though, if you're if you're starting out and interested in that type of uh, cuisine, maybe start with the, the shorter cooks because there's nothing worse than going 10 hours and then ruining something. Um, <laughs> it's pretty demoralising. So I think pork ribs are... You know, you can sort of do that in three to four hours, um, which is less of a commitment, and or reverse searing a steak where you put a you know really thick steak on and just bring it up to temperature, get a little bit of smoke across it, and then just sear it at the end. Um, and it's probably only about, about an hour's commitment. So it's oh. sort of somewhere to start there first. Excellent advice. Beautiful. Great advice. Uh, best of luck with the traders, uh, the, the, the next series of that, the new series of that. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Been great, guys. Thanks so much. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Ah, there you go, ah, the yes. traders on Channel Ten. If you missed the first couple of episodes, catch it on yes. uh, on the catch up on demand and mm. uh, and keep up with what's going on with the show. Now, now, let's get. We'll launch headlong into the uh, food poll for yep. this week. Here we it's go. It's lollies. Dig your hand into the bag and pull out. Either your milk bottle or your Coke bottle. All right. Now, let me let me fess up straight. You hadn't heard of the Coke bottles. Not I hadn't heard of them. I, I don't ever remember eating them. Oh, Kevin, you haven't lived. Well, maybe I have. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I have lived, is that I didn't spend my time. God knows I had enough lollies as a kid, so I don't got any teeth in my head whatsoever. All right. Um, but no, I didn't remember. So what did they taste like? Before oh. we get to the poll, what did they actually I, I taste like? I don't think they tasted terribly much like cola. Uh, Was it like but an I thought they, they looked very pretty. Yeah, they look good. You they eat look them with your eyes. They look interesting, but I don't remember ever bit eating of, them. Well, got a bit of a jelly snake type flavour about them. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I would like have liked them. Like a cola flavoured jelly snake. Well, I wouldn't have minded You can imagine that. But let's see what the people say. Okay, now that we've established what they are. Artie says, nah, neither. Uh, Terry Daniel says, milk bottles, please. Healthier than cola, surely. I'd say so. Lena says neither. Yuck. Rebecca <laughs> says both, but I can't have them because of the gelatin. Yeah, and that's not vegan. Oh, mm. okay. So instead you put xanthan gum in. Now, just on the vegan thing, can I go back mm. to last week's food oh, poll for just one ribs. tick? Yes. Now, oh. um, old croaky posted a <laughs> lovely shot of the vegan spare ribs oh. made out of some jelly jack stuff or whatever. Right. And I'm sorry, I'm with old croaky. There's, what do they he, make the bones out of? Well, he said he said uh, it very is very rare that mm-hmm. uh, anything on food bites makes his stomach turn, oh. but but the vegan spare ribs did it for oh, him. Oh, okay. So there you go. So we've we've just uh, got completed rid of the, the research. There you go. Lisa says uh, the milk bottle. Joylene says milk bottles for me. They're yum. But, Patricia says neither. Amanda just gives us a little picture of a milk bottle. Yes, Silvana says milk bottles for her. Glenn Rodder says milk bottles every time, Pato. I love them. Karen loves the milk bottles too. Julie loves the milk bottles. <laughs> but Sue says pass on both. Thank you. Stephen says milk bottles. Thank you. God, our audience is so, <laughs> so well mannered. The people who come into this, they don't go into shops like this. They're just on food poles. They're fantastic. Their manners are great. <laughs> Kathy, who is the wife of our... Producer extraordinaire Steve says, definitely milk bottles. Thank you, Kathy. Could yes. you put a thank you in there? <laughs> Rachel says, cola bottles. There you go. 
I knew there'd be one pop there up eventually. Right on. Charlene, milk bottles. Uh, Devon says 100% milk bottles. Old Crokey says he is going with the healthy option, that being milk bottles. Right. <laughs> uh, Aussie Surfer says the Coke bottle ones were okay, but I found that all the glass just a little bit rough on my gums. <laughs> yeah, very good. Murph Hughes, the great Murph Hughes, says milk bottles for me, thanks. And the votes are in. It's a no contest. <laughs> the Coca-Cola bottles actually surrendered very early in the week and gave up, put the white flag up and said, no, nah, I'd rather watch the Matildas. Um, <laughs> blamed the Matildas, said people are too preoccupied with everything to do with the Matildas and they're not mm. thinking about milk bottles or Coke bottles, they're just thinking about World Cups. Well, I'll wade in to the fray and say that I probably would choose the cola bottles. Well, see, what I'm trying to – why I'm confused and why I don't know them well is because mm. milk bottles used to bob up in all those uh, packs of, you know, party packs. Yes, they do. I've never seen Coke bottles in the party pack Whereas you would ones. think a cola bottle would be more at home in a party pack, wouldn't you? You would think so. And I had a look. I, I scoured up and down the lolly uh, counter of the of Safeway. <laughs> You're very serious about your research. Yes. Well, because I couldn't remember. I thought, well, maybe they're here and I've just missed them. Well, couldn't Kevin, find them. let's buy a packet. That's what and I was going to, to do test. that, and I couldn't find them. <laughs> we'll just fill the lolly well. I don't think anyone sells With the them anymore. Bottles. I don't think they exist at all. Yeah, but people love their milk. Do you remember the old ad, uh, use your head, milk it instead? No. no, no, I must Rob, have missed that okay. too. I must have missed that one as well. <laughs> uh, thanks to Roger Corsa for being on the program. So remember what I mentioned at the start of the program about how this contained drama, lying, mm. fabrication, deception. Mm. Yeah, that is That's like an us. episode of this. We'll, uh, make, we'll make it up as we go along. We have some great guests coming up. Tanya mm. Doko is going to be on the show yes. in the coming weeks. Also, uh, Mark Holden. And Emma Carney. Yes, so we've got some AFLW in there as well. So lots coming up uh, for you to enjoy on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Till next time. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.